0: Hey guys, welcome to our Disney market mini series here at the short-term show. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're doing a 10 episode deep dive on not only this market, but all of our markets. So definitely check those out, like, and subscribe to those, the short-term show, short-term rental management show. we got a lot of shows out there for you guys that hopefully uh, you guys are finding helpful. So uh, a couple things that I want to hit before we go into it is if you are looking for current purchase prices or current income numbers, we have those on our website at the shorttermshop.com. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you're looking to just hang out, learn some things from some other short-term rental investors, we've got you. You can join our Facebook group with us and 60,000 of our closest investor friends, where we just hang out and talk about short-term rental investing all day. Same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Also like, and subscribe on YouTube to the Short-Term Shop channel. Also like us on Instagram at the short-term shop. If you guys have any questions, if you're ready to maybe buy a property in one of our 20 markets and learn how to manage it from us for free, you can hit us at agents at the or literally any of the other avenues that I gave you right before that. So let's get to it.
1: All right, showtime episode two. We are in Orlando, short-term shop special episodes. Um, all things Orlando. And today we're going to talk about what to buy. In a very large city here, we've got a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of areas, and a lot of real estate to cover. And uh, I would imagine for the most part, uh, a lot of stuff to stay away from as well. So uh, we got Jessica and Wade, rockstar agents, of course, with The Short Term Shop. You can find us at theshorttermshop.com. All we do is vacation. run a real estate, and we want to help you We're the best in the business. My name's Luke. I'm the director of education for the shop. I teach a class called management Monday each and every Monday. I also have a podcast called short-term rental management, which is about wildlife. No, I'm just kidding. It's about managing your vacation home. Of course, you can find that. I got no laughs from you guys on that. Thanks a lot. Uh, but anyway, um, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk locations. Um, if, uh, if I'm looking at a map, Wade. Or if, even if you guys want to pull up a map, uh, what, uh, what am I looking at? Uh, what do I want to buy where do I want to go and what are the differences in the areas?
2: So we do actually have a map that we can pull up. Yep. I'm hoping I don't shoot myself at the foot here by sharing my screen. Do you mind if I share my screen?
1: Share your screen. Let's let us, let's do it.
2: Awesome. All right. So pulling up the map, um, you guys who are watching this on video, YouTube, Awesome. Thanks for seeing our smiling faces. Um, you're going to see the majority of homes south of what's called the Orlando City Center. So Orlando as a whole has some pretty strict restrictions around short-term rentals. And then being south of that, so Osceola and Davenport areas, Kissimmee, those areas, you're going to see a lot of neighborhoods that are just built and designed around short-term rentals. And so for those who can see my screen right now, you see a whole bunch of pin drops with grayed out areas of just a whole bunch of neighborhoods. And I would go as far to say as these neighborhoods are built and designed for short term rentals. They're where the majority of owners are operating and they're probably where the majority of the high performers are in our market purely because they are built for short-term rentals. They're areas that have water parks and water slides and kids' splash pads and movie theaters and a whole host of other different things. They're gated, and they're just very welcoming to those who are traveling, going to and from the parks on a day-to-day basis. So I would go as far to say as you want to be within about 20-ish to 25 minutes drive time to the parks – Now, we do have a huge traffic issue here. It's Orlando. Um, But 25-ish minutes to the parks is about what I would budget driving to around Champions Gate area. Um, And beyond that, it's going to be the hosted amenities inside the home that are going to sell your listing. If you're within that 25-minute distance to the parks. You
1: cannot have a good vacation rental market without bad traffic is a fact go ahead wait
2: <laughs> it's very true very true um but whenever we um we kind of go into the neighborhoods that we're talking about here I always prioritize a uh, niche inside a niche so I like having my homes inside a resort neighborhood less than 25 minutes and themed but inside that when I'm inside my neighborhoods I like to be walking distance to the park um if I can be so that's going to be the uh the Community park that you have, and, and or if you can't be walking distance, you at least have easy access to it. So you're not having to um, go around to like if there's two phases. In some situations, you'll have neighborhoods that are split down the road, and their guests will have to walk across this main road to get to the clubhouse, and it's a huge headache. So I would recommend being in the main phase where the clubhouse is. Try and be walking distance and also make sure there's enough parking for the guests who are trying to use the amenities as well. So that's my spiel on HOAs. For anyone who wants to hop over um, and watch this on YouTube, we have a map. And then if you work with us, you'll probably see this map from one of us as agents as well. Um, and you can use it when you go to buy. So. That's me. It thanks.
1: Wonderful, uh, Jessica. Anything to add as far as just uh, generalized uh, locations? Obviously, what it looks like to me is most things are south of the actual park. Um, and uh, talk to me about uh, you know Davenport comes up a lot. Kissimmee. Uh, let's say I have no idea. I've never even heard of those two things. Um, but I, uh, I personally, uh, I know that Orlando itself is not exactly what we're looking to buy here. But if I'm brand new to the area, how do I know? Uh, why do I stay out of Orlando proper? And what is a Davenport? What is a Kissimmee?
3: Okay, so for the most part, like Wade had touched on, the reason why you're not going to be right in Orlando is there are a lot more regulations. So Kissimmee and Davenport have been built for our vacation rentals. Kissimmee is going to be much closer to the parks than Davenport is. But what you will find in Davenport are the newer homes. So a lot of your newer construction, your recent builds are going to be in Davenport. Um, And then what was the other question you'd
1: asked? Um. Yes, that was it. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. w- what is Kissimmee? I mean, why am I coming to Kissimmee rather than Orlando? Is it just closer to the park, or what is it?
3: I mean, it's closer. It's closer to the park, and that's where I mean Kissimmee zoned for short-term rentals. So you're okay. not going to have to worry about as many regulations, regulations, unless it's HOA. Kissimmee is it's built for short-term rentals.
1: Are Kissimmee and D- Davenport equal distance from the park is one closer than the other? Neither of you.
2: I think it cut out there. Luke. Sorry about that. But, oh, sorry. But uh, Davenport is... Um, so Kissimmee is for sure closer to Universal and Disney. Um, and then Davenport is basically... It's just right below um, where Kissimmee is. And it's not a bad area to purchase. But as Jess had mentioned, there's newer homes out there. It's cheaper as well because it's a little bit further away. But because of that distance, it can also sometimes hurt you a little bit during the off season. But Davenport's just right south of Kissimmee. It's still a great area. Um, I highly recommend still entertaining it.
1: All right. Wonderful. Um, let's talk about sizes briefly. That's what she said. Uh, do I have to go really big uh, or can a small one uh, do what I need it to do? And uh, uh, where's the sweet spot?
2: So, I wouldn't say we have a sweet spot on size, actually. I would would say we're probably one of the few markets that can say that Um, because we have anywhere from 3 to 15-bedroom homes. And they're just appealing to a different clientele in the same market, if that makes sense. So, our 3 to 5 bedrooms is about the smallest I would go purely because once you get north of two bedrooms so three two five you're no longer competing with the hotel and motel business or on-site property for Disney the the areas that are just they have individual bedrooms and you have a pool and things like that so you're just trying not to compete with the hotel business. Now, once you get beyond the three and five bedroom mark, six to 10 to even as big as 15, 16 and 17 bedrooms, um, you start to entertain parties as in larger events. So you're going to have family events. You're going to have people traveling with multi-generational travelers, people who are traveling internationally, need like an office, that kind of stuff. Um, And you'll see much bigger summer events and uh, holiday events in those kinds of homes and they can still perform very well but they're not going to be as consistent as the three to five bedroom small property that's close to disney in a resort style area i hope that makes sense luke
1: absolutely wonderful Uh, anything to add to that jessica
3: or um i mean like wade said you know you you have the you're going to be catering to different types of groups Um, One thing that I do try to emphasize that if you are going for like a five, six bedroom at that point, it's most likely going to be more than one family. So I would make, you know, the map. I would look for a property that has two master suites just so that, you know, if you have two sets of parents um, and then have the other rooms for the kids. Um, So just keep in mind, you know, the, the group that you're catering to and make sure that the format or the layout of your house is conducive to that.
1: Wonderful. Let's talk rehab. Uh, One of my favorite things about this market is that it's an actual city, uh, or at least we're very nearby. There's a major metropolitan area, which is none of our other markets are like that, with, of course, the exception of what we have in Phoenix there, uh, uh, Scottsdale. But, um, you know, if I needed to get a bathroom rehabbed, I could probably find somebody to do that. Uh, It's going to be a little bit, I don't want to never, ever, ever use the word easy, but uh, probably uh, less difficult process than a typical vacation town. Uh, that being said, are you seeing a lot of rehab? I know many of the homes in this area are not all that old. Uh, do your clients typically rehab things or uh, are they more so turnkey or does it run the, uh, uh, the the gamut?
3: I definitely think that we're starting to see a trend towards people rehabbing properties um, just solely because the properties that are located closely to the parks were built um, between like 2005-2008. So I do think that a lot of people are starting to come in and update those properties.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. They're about that age where they probably have mm-hmm. a lot of beige going on and uh, carpet and uh and uh, let's face so, it, nobody likes carpet anymore. Tile. What do you, you see in Wade? Would you if you were to buy today, Wade, would you want something that needed a little work or or, or are you probably or, or who knows, could be a location well, thing? That's but, what
2: I did buy. So <laughs> that's what I did buy. So a lot of homes for me, I prioritize location over mostly anything, actually. And my home, I bought it. It had some dated interior. And it's not end-all, be-all if you have a dated interior here, in my opinion. Um but you do need a refresh and you do need to try and make it as oriented towards a family as you can. So just like, if you have Formica countertops, you don't need to come in and put brand new granite through it's recommended. It'll get you more eyes on your listing, Um, but it won't be an end all be all. It, It should be a priority still though. So just make sure you're orienting your home towards a family over anything.
1: Yeah. I always try to make my houses as nice as possible. You know, My thing is, is the more you put into it, the more effort you give to these folks so that they can have an awesome vacation, the more you'll get in return uh, over time. So uh, that's that's a big part of it. Um,
2: It'll save you headache in the long run, too. So, I I mean, if you start having all these old dated things inside these homes, and frankly, it's just going to start getting worse and worse as years goes on. Um, If you do it right when you purchase the home and or if you buy something that's just been recently remodeled, it's going to save you a lot of time and headache two, three, five years from now, too.
1: Yeah, Yeah, a lot of times it's easier. Go ahead, Jessica. Yeah,
3: I was going to say that a lot of times you're better off getting that done right away, you know, rather than trying to leave some of the older items for instance, like even if it's just a hot water heater or an old HVAC, um, if you know it's kind of on its way out at that 15-year point, you know, maybe do it beforehand. Um, just God forbid it happens when you have a guest stay. I know that a lot of people would not be very happy if like the AC goes during a vacation or the water heater, you know, gives out, um, things like that. So just I would keep in mind, you know, the age of certain items and then maybe be a little proactive into fixing it before, you know, you have guests in there.
1: Yeah, of course, there's the old school short term way of doing things is if you're young and starting out and maybe don't have the money, um, then you can kind of push things uh, here and there. But you got to make sure the guests are OK with that. You know, you got to make sure the guests know you got to set that expectation at the short term shop. We call that a purple apple where you're saying, hey. This is a brand new listing. we weren't able to get to the new floors like we wanted to uh, but we're offering a better price in exchange for uh, in exchange for that um, you know um, and, I, and you're gonna find you will find guests that like that. Oh man, this guy's giving us a good price because the floors are old you know that's cool. I like that let's let's get the good deal you know um, and then eventually of course uh, your life will become easier. Uh, because those discount-seeking guests, again, not to generalize, but they can tend to be not maybe the greatest on the planet, um, and so you'll make your life easier in, in many ways. And, and if nothing else, your cleaner will like you a lot better if the floors look good before she has to go in and clean them, right? So, uh, but uh, what about theming? Um, uh, do we do we have to theme? um and uh and is there you know what is there happy me i don't want to go super deep into the theming we'll talk about this again in a later podcast but uh, let's just talk about that briefly and specifically do i have to wade
2: highly encouraged it's gonna do a lot for you um I don't think you need to go insane unless you have a larger property. So the larger home you purchase, usually the more you have to do to it because you're trying to appeal to more of those family events and things like that. They want a special place for their family. Um, I just have murals in my personal home and I'm probably out producing a majority of those in my neighborhood. I'm pretty proud to say that. Um, and I didn't do anything insane. but. It is still leading me to be in the top 5%, I would say, for the entire neighborhood, just by having done that little bit of an interior. Um, And, you know, it took some extra time to do it, but it was well worth it. Uh,
1: Jessica, what are your thoughts on a brief overview of theming, if you don't mind?
3: Yeah, it's strongly suggested. I think what it really comes down to is making your property stand out. So, with a a smaller unit, you know, you're not going to have the room for all of the custom furniture, but, you know, things like the murals. Um, and giving maybe your home an overall theme, those go a very, very long way.
1: And we'll talk about that quite a bit. Uh, Maybe we'll even get a themer to come in and and discuss things with us here on a future podcast on the uh, short-term rental, uh, short-term show special episodes. Um, We briefly already talked about this, but uh, the short-term rental specific neighborhoods, uh, cover that again for me, Wade. Uh, There are areas that I can buy a home that uh, people are not living in. Is that
2: true? Yeah. So, most of the neighborhoods here are built, designed, and zoned for short-term rentals. Now, we do have a select few neighborhoods that aren't really in resorts. They're just regular old neighborhoods where you can have a family and there's a bus stop and that kind of stuff. Um, And those homes, even then... You're still living next to people who are probably still renting out their home as an Airbnb. And they disclose that in the neighborhood as well when you go to buy. So I would say I would prioritize being inside the resort style HOAs. It's just it makes things easier. But if you're not wanting to be subject to an HOA, having those high HOA payments, you want to be responsible for things like lawn care and Wi-Fi cable um, that is free, air quotes in those other other neighborhoods. You can buy outside them, but over anything, you really need to prioritize distance on those because you're going to be competing with all the homes that are closer and or inside these neighborhoods. Um, you're going to be competing with these amenities your home just needs to be that much better. So be careful with it, but it, it can be done to where you're buying in neighborhoods that aren't specifically Airbnb neighborhoods.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. What about location in general? Is there a drive time that I'm looking for, a goal as far as how far or not so far to be away from uh, uh, Disney? Is there too far? Okay. I found oh. this on the web. Or is there a drive? We like to
3: focus on within a 25 minute uh, drive of the parks. If you can get into a 10 to 15 minute drive, that's even better. Um, but I definitely wouldn't focus on anything that's further than that 25 minute drive.
2: I would say it's hard to get that close too because we're so built up around the parks. There's only like four neighborhoods that are yeah, sub, and the price minutes. points
3: are so high at this point <laughs> that
2: yeah, they're they're just so close and they're kind of some of the most desirable neighborhoods too, just because of their locations. So one of them is even brand a very rare brand new neighborhood where there's brand new homes in a short distance to Disney. You can imagine how expensive it can get in there real quick. Um, distance is just a massive factor here when you have traffic and drive time and these these highways that can back up um 25 minutes should should though it should be your absolute farthest uh, in my opinion
1: um let's talk about the theming uh the themes uh and if i'm buying one that's already themed can i overpay is it a better way to do things uh what do you what are your thoughts on that
2: it can save cash is the big thing so when you're buying a themed home not many of them come up for sale very often. You'll you'll see them come across every once in a while. And usually they're asking uh, some ludicrous dollar that's like 50 or 60K over what every single other sale is in the neighborhood. Um, but it's saving you time and work on those already themed homes. So it can work for some people. Usually I've been able to say, With the themers that we're kind of allied with or that we recommend, it can be cheaper still to buy the cheaper home that needs the work to be done on it. Come in, do the theming, especially when you know who the themer is and the quality of work that they're going to provide. Rather than buying something that's been used, you don't know who the themer was and you don't know how well that work was put in. Um, In my opinion, I like buying unthemed homes and putting the themes into them where I have a lot more control over the property. So, And Jess has a little bit more experience um, in the contractor realm as well. So I'll let her talk about that. Um, But it's it really depends on the person and how much time they want to put into the home.
3: Yeah. I definitely usually always suggest buying the home that doesn't have the theming, um, getting that lower price point, and then making sure that you are able to theme it yourself. That way it has your personal touch. You can pick the themes that you want. Um, also too, some of the things that are are kind of cool with um, some of the themers that we work with is let's say something gets messed up, they'll come back and fix it. So let's say a kid you know, bumps into the wall and knocks the character up. They'll come back and fix that for you. So if you were to buy a property that you don't know who did the work, you're not going to have the um, little advantages like that. Plus, I really just think that making your own um, is what's important. And the fact that, to Wade, had already pointed out that a- not a lot of homes that are already themed pop up, and when they do, they're very, very overpriced. Yeah,
2: my favorite thing to do actually is to prioritize homes that have the decent furniture but they mm-hmm. don't have the themes inside them. So with a little bit of tweaking, you only have to do about half the amount of work at that point. The home's already right. fully furnished and you just come in, you can put the themes in one, two, or three of the kids' rooms, maybe a garage, something like that, really revamp the space. And that's, what's going to get you to your higher income potential. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's been my bread and butter, or I would say the last two years and what I did on my personal listings is um, and it it set me up for success on my homes.
1: So, are you seeing those heavily themed homes actually trade hands or are they sitting on the market?
2: I would say they sit on the market but only because they're asking for a dollar that no one wants to pay. And the owners are still making money, especially because a lot of them right now, they own at cheaper interest rates. They're still making money. They don't need to sell. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, come give me the dollar that I want, or I'm just going to sit here, continue making money. I'm going to uh, just have my my home sit, crank out cash." Um, exactly. and I can't really negotiate with them as well because they don't want to negotiate. They they frankly just don't want to. Whereas if I'm buying a home that's not themed, I can use that as leverage in the neighborhood for other homes that are listed. I can get closing costs. I can try and get them to come off their dollar. Um, it's it's just an easier road, in my opinion. Yeah, that's
1: a very common thing in vacation markets. We saw that in the, in the Smokies w- when we first started, not to talk about other markets, but uh, where, uh, and the, we, the reason I bring that up is because of the period of time when we were buying back then, uh, it was just post, um, a crash, you know, a few years, five years after the crash and, uh, uh, every sign, every house had a sign in the, in the yard for sale, but their price was like 2007 price. Um, and it wasn't realistic as to what was happening in the market at the time. Basically, everybody just said, you know what, I kind of would sell this thing if I could get what I thought it was worth at the peak of what I thought it was worth. Um, and so they put a sign in the yard with this ridiculous number. And um, and it was maybe at that time with the big crash that was happening, whatever you want to call it. The I mean, maybe half as much as what they were asking in some cases. Uh, but literally every house had a sign for, for sale. But that's uh, that's an extreme example. That is a very common tactic in vacation towns, where they'll just throw a sign, you know, for sale sign and sell it uh, if the right number comes along. Because you also have to remember, most people that own uh, in a vacation town, they're not generally going to be hurting for dough. They're well-to-do people that can afford to pay the mortgage, if it wet rents or not. In most cases, you know. So um, every now and then they'll decide hey let's put a number on it and throw a sign in the yard and I've said that six times now sorry about that and uh and it might just sit there for a year or two um who knows we have it
2: we have those especially some some people just buy them for for tax benefits mm-hmm. and they'll hold on to it collect benefits and get some income on it and then when they're ready oh okay I'm ready and they'll still just sit there waiting <laughs> for the right person to come along
1: absolutely uh Swimming pools, private pool versus community pool, or uh, a lot of them have both, don't they?
3: Yeah, it's ideal to have both um, just so that your guests have the option right in their backyard Um, at certain price points. That's not something that you're going to be able to come by. So at that point, you definitely want to at least be very close to the community pool. But ideally, um, you know, having the community pool and the private
1: pool. Uh, Can I buy a house that doesn't have a private pool and still have success or do I need a private pool?
3: If if you're not if you don't have the private pool, you definitely want resort amenities.
2: It's hard to, I would really yeah. recommend a private pool. Yeah, it, I mean,
3: it's it, definitely ideal.
2: It's such a huge game changer here. People, you know, we, we average like 85, 95 degree days and maybe they don't want to go to the park. They just want to slip into the the pool real quick and cool off. Man, you really need a pool in our market.
1: Um, would you say that most of the properties have private pools or is it a 50-50, give or take, or at least the ones that come across your, your desk? Depends on the price range.
3: That's really what it comes down to. Um, anything below that four hundred mark, it's very hard to have a private pool and um access to amenities. So um, it really comes down to the price point.
1: Uh, can I find a five hundred thousand dollars house? Uh, okay, I'm gonna ask this a few different ways. Uh, i'm gonna it's gonna get a little wacky here. Bear with me. House is five hundred thousand dollars. Give or take. Uh, with no swimming pool, how much would that cost with a swimming pool?
2: Probably an extra 50K. Or does it not 50. exist? It doesn't, it doesn't really exist, honestly, because by time you get north of around 4, 425, nearly every single home has a pool, actually. Mm-hmm. It only really affects townhouses under the price point of around 420, 425. If you're under the 400 price point, they're not really any of the homes you're entertaining have pools to begin with especially um, uh, single family wise so there's single families um, if you're in the mid 300s on a single family you probably won't have a pool but at that point i would just entertain a townhouse that does have a pool because it's so significant for you
1: that leads me to my next question houses versus condos versus townhouses give me an argument for all three of them Uh, If there is one. Oh, let's already said condo house, condo, townhouse, uh, Jessica, uh, pluses and minuses for all three. Okay, so
3: for a single family residence, you know, the space definitely is a huge plus. As far as um, that compared to townhomes, I think that townhomes are much easier to maintain. Um, You're not going to have as much upkeep. Also, little things like your roof being covered by the HOA, the exterior insurance being covered by the HOA. There are just less expenses that you're going to have. Your utilities are typically going to be a little bit lower with a townhome um, versus a single family residence. And then, um, you know, looking at condos, what Wade had mentioned earlier, we really don't promote condos a lot just because then you are starting to compete with the hotels. So I, I think it comes down to, you know, what are you more comfortable with? Are you Um, comfortable with maintaining the single family residence for the extra space and the ability to fit more people in it versus the um, convenience of owning a townhome and not having as much to take care of.
1: What if I wanted to buy a condo uh, and uh, just not all that concerned with whether it makes money or not? Is
2: it still a bad idea? So that depends on the condo area. If you're buying pretty close to the parks, then sure, go for it. They actually, they hold their value really stinking well. Um, you do need to be careful though, because some of these condos that require property managers, they'll restrict you as an owner from even using the home where you can only use the property for a certain amount of time out of the year. It could be 30 days and it could be six months, but that's just something to be aware of. If you're trying to go for more of just like, I want a vacation rental for my family, be sure you're asking the HOAs those questions in regards to if you're allowed to stay in the home for a certain amount of time. Mm. So I personally know at that point for the same price point, you can buy a. Townhouse, rent it out for part of the year, have a pool, do whatever you want with it, still be inside a resort for only maybe a little bit more, if not around the same price point.
1: Very interesting, interesting. It's almost like, uh, I hate to use the word timeshare, but that's kind of what that starts to sound like there, only you're stuck with the title and the mortgage and everything else.
2: So some of the homes were actually, not homes, excuse me. We actually have some communities here that were originally timeshares, And they converted them into property that you could purchase and live in and or turn a rental into. So some of these homes were timeshares back in the day, and they are no longer. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh, Let's talk about the HOAs. Um, uh, Is everything I'm going to buy uh, in an HOA? Uh, That's my first question. Go ahead, Jessica.
3: For the most part, most properties that you're going to be looking at are going to be located inside of an HOA. There are a few exceptions. Um, specifically some of the communities right in the Kissimmee area around Windsor Hills. There are a few like residential neighborhoods that do pretty well. Um, But for the most part, you're going to be part of an HOA. Um, I know that people get hesitant when they see the price of the HOAs down here, but you have to look at what they cover. Um, you know, it's going to take care of all your exterior maintenance. They're going to take care of your pest control. Um, it's also going to include things like internet and cable. So when you actually look at the cost of those things separately versus the cost of the HOA, it typically ends up evening out.
2: Yeah. Wi-Fi and cable here, about 200 bucks alone. Not really, Oh, excuse me, Wi-Fi cable and landscaping are about 200 bucks alone here. I think my HOA comes out in about 400 bucks and I get a free water park out of it. So if I'm able to get 200 bucks out of my guest in some way, shape, or form, I basically get a free water park. (laughs) So (laughs) worth it for me.
1: Okay. And uh, what can I expect to pay? For an HOA. And it does it, is it anywhere from a hundred bucks to a thousand bucks? All over the
2: place. Yeah. yeah. So we have some areas um are just like, it's 50 bucks just to be in the subdivision. You get some deed restrictions, that kind of stuff. If you're in one of these resorts on the low end, you'll be about 350. On the high end reunion, one of our highest end communities can be a thousand dollars a month. And there are even some communities that are HOA on top of a golf club membership where you need, if you want like golf amenities, like if you want to use the golf club, it can be an additional 600 bucks a month just for the golf club um, amenities. So it can get really expensive, really quick with those HOAs. Your average is probably going to be between 350 and 550.
1: They're going to do um, lawn care, uh, cable and internet, um, water. That kind of thing. So they
2: don't do water. Um, Maybe if you own one of the condos, they do water. But if you're doing the townhouses and single family, they will take care of everything outside your home. So landscaping, cable, Wi-Fi, Internet, the resorts, trash pickup, um, that kind of stuff. They'll take care of it. Uh, If you have a townhouse, they'll do stucco repair. They'll paint your exterior every five to 10 years. They'll take care of your roof. Your roof is going to... I'm getting a new roof in the next um, little bit on my townhouse. So they take care of that for me. But inside the home, you're responsible for everything else.
1: Yeah. Um, And of course, trust but verify there, guys. You know, if you're going to be doing your own uh, buying a property here, make sure you do your own due diligence and, and find out exactly what you're getting yourself into as far as what the HOA provides and does not provide. And of, of course, same thing goes for regulations. Make sure you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Um, and our real estate agents, of course, are a fantastic resource, but they are not uh, the end all authority. Uh, so trust but verify. Um, uh, what else? Why, why am I buying a, a short-term rental in Orlando? uh, recap this episode for me, Jessica.
3: Okay. So I think that the main points, you know, that should be brought up again, is just the high, heavy traffic, your opportunity to do very well. Um, you know, we're not as oversaturated as far as good short-term rentals as people think, you know, your opportunity to do well with a little bit of hard work is there. Um, what else, what else? Oh, that was
1: wonderful. That was wonderful. Wade, uh, what, Uh, what am I looking for to buy? And again, of course, this is a very difficult question to answer because every buyer is going to have a different buy box. And, uh, but, uh, just recap the episode for us, if you don't mind.
2: So when it comes down to it, entertaining a home here, it's going to come down to your preference and price and size, but over anything, you really should be prioritizing a home. That's going to be close to the parks under 25 minutes preferably in a resort. You don't need to be in a resort, but preferably in a resort. You're going to want that targeted interior towards families because that's the bread and butter of people who are traveling here and we do push the theming I highly recommend that um and then beyond that it's going to be other family household amenities that you can provide that's going to be what makes you stick out as a rental here that's going to what's going to make you a high performer um and if you do that you should do a okay
1: wonderful all right well thanks for the hang we're going to move on now to episode number three on the uh, short-term show special episodes in Orlando. Uh, So don't go anywhere. Uh, Just a few minutes, we'll be back, and we will talk about numbers, and it will be a good time.